Good morning, everyone. Amen. It is good to be here this morning. It is a little chilly, right? <clears throat> um, but it's all good. We can't complain. I love the California Christmas. It's my favorite season. The California winter. It's not really a winter for many, especially those of you guys who grew up in the East Coast or somewhere else. But for us here, it is. And so this is cold for us. Please excuse our complaining at church. You know, uh, it's been so encouraging all year long, the different things that we've studied out. And today is the last sermon, the last church service of 2012. And uh, all year, we've been focusing on different aspects of Jesus. His teaching, His character, all kinds of different things. And this is how we begin the year. Our theme was, Unroll the Scroll. You remember that? Seems like yesterday. I think Elias and Rachel, I think they are here with us. They're on a mission team. I think during this time, they were still with us here in coastal L.A., and so we've, we've looked at uh, the things that he would say, the promises of Jesus. We, we talked about returning to Jesus and all kinds of different other topics, but we're closing out the year with a really cool passage in Isaiah chapter 9. And the title of the series is, He Shall Be Called, and we've looked at all these different names that Jesus has been, is going to be called, is called. And there's a lot more than the list here, but this is the ones that we've been studying out. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. His government, not like our government. His kingdom. Some of us may have a problem with that. I want to say that. Clarify that. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And we study that out. Mighty God. And we study that out. Everlasting Father. And today we're going to talk about the Prince of Peace. And, uh, you know, for the sisters out here, this is, there's kind of a, there's kind of a rom- romance to that title. The Prince of Peace. You know, and, and, and I do want to say, you know, there's no man that will ever treat you like Jesus will. And if some guy is coming around you and you're single and he doesn't have Jesus... But if he has Jesus, hey, Jesus makes all the difference. The Prince of Peace. How was 2012? There's Ezra in January. This is our son, Ezra. 2012 has been great for us. We have another, we're coming out of 2012 with another child on the way, another son. And, uh, we're, uh, we're thinking of naming him Noah. Noah Marley, cause we are big Bob Marley fans, and so, Uncle Bob was a big influence, music-wise. Music-wise. And so, you know, Ezra's, Made a lot of changes. How was your 2012? This is a time here in December where we get to look back at 2012. Uh, In a few days, January, we'll we'll look ahead. But today we get to look back here 
a little bit. And so I don't know how 2012 was for you. Uh, I think for all of us, it's safe to say there was tough times. There was difficult times. There was times I don't want to remember. In fact, there's some things that happened in 2012 that perhaps we're still a little wounded by, a little bothered by. And some of the things that were just great, so grateful, so thankful. And the reality is we're here. 2012 was great. God spared us, even if we didn't notice it. You know, we, uh, we were on vacation this week. We went to El Segundo. <clears throat> it was a staycation. It's not as fun as getting away because it just it doesn't feel like, you know, a vacation. But we were driving and uh, this car, I mean, I was driving with my pregnant wife, Tina, in the car and my son, Ezra, and this car just cuts me off and I nearly hit the car. And it's different when, like, your pregnant wife is next to you and your son is in the back seat. Like, let's just say I needed the Prince of Peace right there at that moment. But immediately, what just burst out of my heart that God was, that, those words, thank you, God. And I think 2012 is kind of that way, where, you know, God just spared us. Right? And I'm sure that people have cut me off, or I've cut other people where I haven't even noticed. Where God spared me, but I didn't notice. And I think for 2012, when we look back, we can... We can Understand, you know what? God spared me from things that I didn't even notice. So how was 2012? 2012 was great because I'm here. But I'm looking forward to the next year. Did you get what you wanted? You know, last Christmas, this is Ezra last Christmas, all he wanted for Christmas was his two front teeth. You know, when we ask God for something, he, he can give it to us, right? So let's, let's see the outcome here. You got more than two front teeth. A lot more. You know, the Prince of Peace. Perhaps you're, you know, a person who sets some goals here for the new year. Perhaps you've, you're kind of a little, little upset of past goals you've set and you've kind of given up on yourself setting goals. I don't know. But it's always good to set some goals, I think. So what do you want in 2012? I'm not sure that many of us are saying, you know what, 2012 or 2013, excuse me, I want peace. I don't know if many of us are saying that. And my hope is that you would add it to your list after today. Amen? Do you want peace? Revelation 12:7 says, Then the war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. Amen. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled down to the earth and his angels with him. We definitely need peace. Because there's a spiritual war going on. We need a prince of peace. There's a war for your heart. There's a war for your family, for your marriage, for the relationship with your kids. 
Satan and his angels are fighting still to destroy us. Wanting to, he wants to lead us astray. You know, when I look at this passage and I think, well, does Satan really, is he really leading the world astray? Well, look what I found. Right now, there's about 45 ongoing military conflicts in the world. The world is physically at war. Twelve major wars where more than a thousand people die each year. One of them is the drug war right here in Mexico. And there's about 43 or so minor wars or conflicts where fewer than a thousand people die each year. Most of these conflicts are old. And there's a short time of peace, but then they continue. That shows me, you know what, that scripture is true. Satan is leading the whole world astray. But today, this morning, we're not going to so much talk about the world war and the war, the world needing peace, though it does. But we're going to talk about something different. What are the ongoing conflicts in your heart? We're not talking about world peace this morning, but you having peace. What are the ongoing conflicts in your heart, in your relationship, in your life? What is the enemy of peace? I believe it's bitterness. Bitterness is the enemy of peace. You know, the Bible is full of stories of people who struggled with bitterness. In Genesis, Esau wept bitterly when he failed to receive the blessing he left rightfully, that was rightfully his. He let it go. He exchanged it. And later, he was really bitter. You know, we can relate. Regret. Some of us have some things that we just regret this year and last year. And we can become bitter about it. Whether we're Christians or not, we're not immune to this challenge of bitterness in our hearts. Whether you believe in God or not, this challenge is present. But the great thing is if you do believe in God and you are a Christian, you have a better hope because the Prince of Peace can help you out. The Hebrews were embittered at the harsh treatment they received from the Egyptians as they, were, they became slaves. Perhaps we've struggled with bitterness with our upbringing, an absent father or a harsh family dynamic at home. Hannah wept in, in the bitterness of soul because of her infertility. So many women struggle with this. And it's challenging, especially when you yourself are having a difficult time having children and you see other parents abuse their kids. Tell me that's not a challenge. David's men wanted to stone him because of the bitterness they felt at the loss of their children while they were fight, while they were off fighting for the Lord. David's men were off fighting for, with, with David and for God, and they're off fighting, but meanwhile they left their families behind in a place, and an enemy comes and takes their children and their wives captives. And they were so bitter, they wanted to kill David. And I think for some of us, we can, we can get bitter because we can say, man, I've been doing all these things for my family and I come home and why are you guys treating me like this? I've been doing all these things for the church and where's the credit I deserve? 
Where's the respect I want? And we don't say it out loud because then it sounds really obvious that it's bitterness. But we can feel it. And we can hold on to it. A proverb says, A foolish son brings grief to his father and bitterness to the one who bore him. The decisions that our children make sometimes can, can embitter us. And we struggle with that. Life itself becomes bitter when we lose our awe of God. And the reference scripture there is Genesis 2.9 where we, we lose our passion for God, we lose our, our heart for God, and then we're kind of mad at God because He just, where are you at? You said you'd be there. Envy becomes bitterness if we harbor it in our hearts. You know, the Bible again here, obviously it's full of situations and people that became bitter. You and I, we've been bitter before. And we will be bitter again. It's a fight that will go on until the day we die or when Jesus comes back which apparently, obviously, wasn't December 21st. On behalf of my people, I want to apologize for getting that wrong. Sorry. Amen. You know, bitterness, we see it in the Bible. It's very common. Perhaps you're sitting right now knowing you are current, you're right now bitter at someone or something, or maybe even God, Himself. And you shouldn't feel really bad that you're bitter. That's not what I want you to feel. I think, first of all, I want us to establish this understanding that we're all going to struggle with this. You know, how have I... Have, you got to ask yourself some questions here. How have I responded to unexpected pain or unfair treatment? This is... A lot of times where bitterness begins, things you didn't expect happen to you. Have I been honest with God and people about how I feel? We can sometimes just kind of play a role and no one really knows what's going on inside. And then we feel distant from people and mad at people because they never call me or they never encourage me. But we haven't let them know how we feel. We feel disconnected with God, but we haven't really been honest with God and real with God. How often did I add up all the sacrifices I've made to justify my bitterness? Well, I've given this money, I've went here, I've done that, I've done that. Surely I'm okay to be angry. And I know that for me, in my heart, I can justify a lot of different bitterness at home towards Tina. By saying, well, I'm always the first one to apologize. This time I'm not. Really? Always? Of course not, but I can feel that way. I need a nap. you got to take Ezra. Pairs are like, oh man, we go through the same thing. Am I passing my bitterness on to my family and friends? I think it's safe to know, understand here, we're all going to struggle with bitterness, but it's toxic, it's deadly, and it's the enemy of peace. So right now, do you have peace with God? Do you have peace with man? 
Do you need peace with God? Do you need peace with your spouse, with your children, with someone in this room? I think we all do. In Colossians chapter 1, you know, we got to understand that peace is attainable. We're all going to go through it. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to feel it. You're currently bitter right now, or you're going to be bitter in 2013 somehow. But it's what you do with it that counts. But peace is attainable through the Prince of Peace. For God was so pleased to have all of His fullness dwell in Him, talking about Jesus, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Evil behavior makes us enemies of God. And God saw that. God sees that. And God wants to be reconciled with us and sends His Son as a peace offering. But the price was high. It was His death. By making peace through His blood on the cross. Peace is attainable because no matter how bitter you can get or you are, Jesus died a bitter pain so that you can be forgiven and then freed to be able to forgive. Freed to be able to start dealing with the bitterness in your heart. Amen? We have a Prince of Peace. A hero coming our way, ready to rescue us from becoming enemies or remaining enemies of God. Peace is attainable. Peace is vocal. What does that mean? Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, as we're talking about the subject of bitterness, some of us, we're really in tune because we already know, okay, I'm naturally a bitter person or I struggle with it or I know I'm stuck. Peace is vocal. What does that mean? How do you start dealing with it? You start talking about it. And in this Scripture, you start talking to God about it first. Because sometimes when you get bitter, you stop praying. You stop believing. And then you start making different assumptions about God. Well, I'm not ready to forgive this person, so I can't pray because He's going to expect me to pray or to forgive. And I'm not ready for that, so I can't pray right now. And perhaps we word it that way, or perhaps we don't, but we act on that feeling and we stop praying. If you want peace with God, we already looked at, hey, it's attainable, so now you've got to understand peace is vocal. Because when you start praying, when you start dealing with the pain and the bitterness in your heart, and we all know, I've heard this, you know, I've been in the church since I was 18, I'm now 30. This is one thing that, that I heard all the time. Growing up spiritually here, 11 years. 
was most people leave God because of bitterness towards someone else. And the older you get, the more you struggle with bitterness. So in 2012, I turned 30. So I got to look at this area here of my life a little with more intent. Amen? But as you start praying, as you look at the words here, if you're anxious about anything, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. God isn't saying, hey, you need to forgive immediately. He's just saying, hey, just present your request. Perhaps your request is, don't make me apologize. Can I just tell you? But at least you're being vocal about it. Now God will deliver His message because there's plenty of Scriptures. But you're being vocal about it. Don't be silent. We all know silence is deadly. We've all been victims of that. Some of us know what we're talking about there. But the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. See, when we're, when we're bitter, we, we're stuck. We're going through a financial hardship and we're bitter toward God or we haven't found the right person to, to, to fall in love with. We can get stuck spiritually or... You know, we feel these things about our parents and we're kind of drawing up assumptions. But we got to, and we're trying to figure it out. But what it's saying right here is that the peace of God transcends all understanding. That you don't have to get it. You don't have to figure out. You don't have to worry about the how. You just got to start praying about it. Peace is vocal. And I hope in 2013 you can add peace to one of your goals, to have peace with God and peace with men. Peace is aggressive. We want peace, so we must be aggressive. Ephesians 4.31 describes bitterness and all these things that come from bitterness, rage, brawling, anger, slander, malice. Is there someone that you're slandering right now? Are you struggling with Fits of rage, brothers. Is there malice in your heart where there's evil intent to hurt someone by your words or your actions? Do you rejoice when things don't go well for someone? Bitterness is the enemy of peace with God and the enemy of peace with man. So we must be aggressive about peace. The following scripture says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Just as in Christ God forgave you. See, the Prince of Peace knows what to do with our bitterness. He took it upon Himself. When you look at Jesus' ministry, as He described going to the cross, and we're going to take communion in just a second, as He described going to the cross, and He would tell His disciples, hey, the Son of Man is going to go over there to Jerusalem, and He's going to be arrested, He's going to be betrayed, He's going to be handed to the elders, the Pharisees, all these guys, and they're going to torture Him, and they're going to crucify Him, and He's going to die. But in all of that descriptions, in all those descriptions, not once were there any bitter thoughts or words towards the elders or the chief priests or the situation itself. 
I believe that he was teaching his apostles. This is how you deal with pain. Never have bitterness. But the way you and I have been raised or brought up in the society that we live in, we deal with pain a lot different. We love the movies of revenge. We glorify all those things. And sometimes being bitter feels good. Being angry feels good. But it's destructive. And you may lose your peace with God. You may lose your peace with your spouse. You may lose your children. Bitterness is the enemy of peace. But the Prince of Peace doesn't want that. The Prince of Peace wants to give you peace. And so he says, hey, be aggressive about any bitter thought. Counterattack it. Be kind and compassionate. Counterattack it in your mind. Remember what I did for you. The Prince of Peace can hold our, put his hand in our shoulder and say, hey, forgive as I forgave you. That's the Prince of Peace. Jesus is awesome. 2013, one of my goals is I want to continue and be more in awe with Jesus. The study here of peace was my, the first for me. I've never studied out peace before. But now it, it caught my heart. And we've got to have hope. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. We've got to be aggressive towards bitterness, and it's an ongoing battle. And once you, you overcome one area, guess what's going to happen? A few, more mo- a few months later down the line, you're going to have different junk in your heart again. Different thoughts, different memories. Perhaps what you just overcame about your parents or your dad or your mom, is kind of, it's back. Or your spouse, oh, it's back. But we've got to remember, we've got to have the hope that one day it will end. Because the Prince of Peace, the God of Peace, will soon crush Saint under your feet. Oh, is that bothering you? And it will end. No more bitterness. Absolute peace with God. And we've got to hold on to that thought. That one day, so we can overcome the bitterness that comes into our hearts, that comes into our minds, that comes into our relationship with God, that comes into our relationship with people. To us, a son is given. I have told you these things so that in you, in me, you may have peace. You see a theme right here? In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart! I have overcome the world. You don't have to be a bitter person. Bitterness doesn't have to stay in your heart more than a few hours. It doesn't have to ruin relationships. God doesn't want that. The Prince of Peace 
wants you to have it. Have what? Peace. But you're not going to find it in this world, he says. You're going to find it in him. And sometimes we look for peace somewhere else. So as you make your goals, as you start thinking about 2013 here, pursue peace. But make sure that you seek it with God. Not with, oh, if I just get this job, I'm going to have peace. Man, if this sister just pays more attention, I'm going to have peace. Once I graduate high school, I'm going to have peace. Once I get that promotion, I'm going to have peace. No. No, we're not. We can only find it in God. And everything around us may remain the same, but our hearts can change. In John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. See, Jesus went way out of His way to get His apostles to understand you must have peace. You cannot be my spiritual followers and be bitter. It will destroy you and you will not be spiritually fruitful. And it will destroy your families. You must have peace. Relax. I got it. You're already forgiven. A few more spiritual miles to go and then you're going to be with me. Hang on. Go back and pray about that again. Be humble. Go apologize again. The Prince of Peace paid the price for peace. Peace is attainable. Sorry about the slide. Peace is attainable. Peace is vocal. Peace is aggressive. Hold on to one of these. Which one is it for you? You just need hope? Hey, peace is attainable. Amen. You can start right there. Maybe you're already hopeful. Okay, I got it. I'm here. And hey, peace is vocal. You need to start praying about it and talking about it. What's it? What you're bitter about. You know what it is. Be honest. Be humble. Be real. Don't assume, oh, if I talk about it, I know what's going to say. You need to go and forgive her, bro. Don't assume. Peace is aggressive. Brothers, man up. Spiritually. Let's pursue to guard our hearts. To defend our, our relationship with our, with our wives. With our children. So that we don't pass on bitterness. Perhaps the bitterness that was passed on to us. Let's pass on peace. Let's break that chain. In closing, let's pursue peace. Peace with God and peace with men. The Bible commands it. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, we're going to go ahead and take communion after this passage. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. In 2013, as individuals, as families, as a South Bay church, let's pursue peace. Let's seek it. Let's understand the enemy of peace is bitterness. Let's deal with it. Peace is attainable. Peace is vocal. Peace is aggressive. Let's pursue peace. Let's go ahead 
and let's pray. I was going to say, peace out. <laughs> Had to throw it out there. Let's go ahead and pray for communion. As we meditate, as we, as we meditate on taking the, the, the communion, the, the, the juice and the bread that represents His blood and His body, identify what you're bitter about. Not why, what you're bitter about. And make a decision to have peace with God to start today. Some of us are like, I have nothing. Amen. Be thankful. It's coming. It's life. But we have a Prince of Peace that can defend us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for Jesus that He was sent for us. Who are we? Who am I? That You want me to have peace with You. Who am I, God, that You want me to have ongoing peace with Tina? Who am I, God, that You want me to have peace with my children and with my brothers and sisters and those around me? Thank You for wanting me, wanting us to have a great life of peace. Even though we're on this earth that's at war, even though we're on this earth that there's a lot of bitterness, and even though it can splash into our hearts, we're grateful that You are our Prince of Peace. Father, for those of us who have clearly identified what we are bitter about, I pray for them, God. I pray, God, that they would believe in You and trust in You and would be vocal so that they can have You the Prince of Peace, reign in their hearts and their minds and their relationships again. Thank You for Jesus. Thank You for communion, God, as we take communion. We're thankful because we know the price was very high. Help us to defend our hearts to have peace because we know what You went through in order for us to have it. We love You, God. May all of us pursue peace with You and each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.